That was a live one, baby. Um, Julie. Allison. You were in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Were you in Las Vegas when this news broke, or were you back on I was in Las Vegas. Uh, so why don't you set the scene? Tell me where you were when you found out that the last season of Outlander would be Welcome to Podlander Drunkcast and Outlander Podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to come up with a good one and I couldn't. Uh, I'm Allison. I'm Julie. Uh, and uh, it is January 23rd at 6.23 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are talking about the recent news on the cancellation of... Not cancellation. It's not cancellation. No, no, on no. It's ending. the closure. Ending. On the, Resolution. On the eighth and final season renewal for Outlander, um, which I have all kinds of thoughts about, as I'm sure do you. But what I want to know, because we were not together at this instance, you were experiencing your first Vegas trip. I was definitely just here working. Um, tell me, how did you learn that while our podcast empire will continue to grow and, and flourish, the Outlander television show portion of our empire would soon be coming to an end? And by soon, I mean in like two and a half years. I don't really know. I don't remember. I know it was on my phone. I'm pretty sure it was through the Slack. Like me just checking into the Slack. I will say that if it caught me at any moment in Vegas, it probably caught me walking somewhere. Yeah, that is a big part of Vegas. Or sitting around waiting for Dan to finish winning money on slot machines. Because I didn't win shit. That, truly, that was spoken like someone who definitely didn't win at slot machines. Did Brittany take your money? I did. I went to the Cosmopolitan, but did not end up at the bar there. So I did not get to go to that slot machine. Alas. Well, and who knows? Maybe it's not there anyway. Okay. So you do not remember when you found out? Nope. I do remember it was the uh, Vulture article or the Variety article. I, v, that's all I remember. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was through the Slack. Okay. What was your reaction? I was like, oh, that seems right. I mean, first of all, the books aren't done yet. We got to, and Sam Hewen and Katrina Balfrey need to, they need other shit. Yeah, yeah. they do. They um, are on, they are on the rise and they mm -hmm. uh, need to continue to grow and flourish in their careers. Nobody wants to feel stuck, no matter how much you love a part. You know? And one thing that I noticed was there were a lot of people on the Slack who are all book readers who weren't giving anything away, but were saying if they end it the way book eight ends, it's a good ending. It's like a natural ending. So I think that our people who've been with this property all the way throughout probably recognize that and are like, let's do this. So uh, I don't know if you remember this, and I am entirely too lazy slash busy. <laughs> to go back and figure out which episodes this happened in. But uh, I called this shit literal years ago. Mm -hmm. Years ago. I said, season eight, if they end it after season eight, assuming that like the pace they were keeping roundabout when they started to smoosh books together, that will be a great ending. And if they end it the way the eighth book ends, that is a great ending, which will also not close the door to 10 years from now, let's do an Outlander TV movie. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, let's do um, a Christmas special. Like, there will be 
opportunities if they want them to revisit these characters because there will still be material and they won't be in a position where they feel like they have to keep spinning it out to try to keep pace with the or to try to um get to the point that the books are at but also not outpace the books and all of that game of thrones syndrome uh yes is going to get compared to game of thrones a lot in the next two years i already saw that happening a little bit in the slack but i it felt like because there were so many book readers there was a little bit more of the dude if they do it right it could be good yeah it's um it's a smart i mean i first of all i think it's the right call regardless like, I think it is the right decision, no matter what, because eight seasons is a lot of seasons. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, everybody gets tired. Aging becomes a problem, but also not aging becomes a problem. Like, there are, it's, you can end up in a rut, creative rut. Um, you can miss the out on other opportunities. Right. Totally. You don't want people feeling like they don't want to be there. Um, and when you don't know when the ending is coming, you end up just filling time. And there are a lot of great TV shows that have some filler before they knew when they were finally ending. Um, because they have, I mean, Lost is which is Huge. a great television show, right? Lost is a great example. Love or hate the Lost finale, they spent seasons just trying to figure out shit they could do until ABC told them they could end the show. You know what I mean? Like, because it was a huge cash cow. So what they're doing here is preventing that from happening, preventing um, fatigue in general from the fandom, from the stars, from the creative team, from the production team. I'm sure they're all exhausted already, but there is an end in sight, which can be really energizing. And um, if they end it where book eight ends, it is hard to imagine a better ending than that. Um, that's at all realistic because Diana Gabaldon will probably write these characters forever until one of them dies you know um Mm -hmm. and by one of them i mean one of the three of them and i hope diana gabaldon lives forever but like she has no she loves that couple she loves writing them she understands them intimately she has found new stories to tell there i don't think that go tell the bees that i'm gone is a perfect book but there is some stuff in it that is excellent that felt really new and interesting um i think the TV show has doubtless opened up some little doors in her mind. How could it not when you're watching actors interpret your characters? Hell yeah. So I think there's a decent chance that she just keeps writing those books until one of the characters dies or she stops writing because she can't or doesn't want to anymore. Mm. Um, and, and that's a, like a great outcome for people who love Outlander because books actually allow you to follow characters for 30, 40, 50 years. You know what I mean? Like if Claire and Jamie are 80, I will read that book. I want to read that book. Are you fucking kidding me? I want to know what happens when Jamie breaks a hip. (laughs) Like that sounds great. You know what I mean? Um, Oh God. Wait, where is he in time though? Has he fast forwarded? Has he ridden along on Claire's coattails to the Mayo Clinic? Oh wait, we've established he can't travel, right? He can't travel, no. Yeah, that's the thing. 
Um, what a bummer. But, I mean, m- maybe eventually, like, in the books, they're going to have, in fact, I would bet money eventually they're going to have great grandkids. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's cool shit. I want to I read that. I don't want to watch it. Not now, at least. You know what I mean? Like, I do not want to be watching Sam Huon pretending to be 70 years old. No. At all. That said, you fast forward 15 years and get back to us, and then I'm interested. Like, then I'm actually interested in the sort of Downton Abbey model of revisiting characters. Only good, because, and that, apologies to Downton, like, that show the wheels came off the wagon pretty early and as much as I have enjoyed the sequels, like they're not good. Great. Yeah. Because they're just making shit up to make more Downton. There will still be more Outlander. They could do like a short story. They could do three chapters and just, they already have blood is my blood. And they do. Right. Like, so it's like prequel coming our way. We're not missing anything. I still want new stories, fun shit. Yes. It's cool. I want Lord John Graysolf's crimes. Um, fuck yes. We've discussed it many times. Stars, yeah. we are premium females. Mm-hmm. Can you so please? I mean, so, like, I my response was the 10% smugness of, Yeah, I fucking called it! Because that is very satisfying. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm an asshole. But <laughs> mostly I j- it was just relief. And it's not relief, um, like... Three out of five, you don't like the show, we get it. That's not it at all. I'm feeling more energized about Outlander now than I have in years for two very specific reasons. One was the strength of the last season, and the other is that there is officially an end in sight, so that creative team can start planning and constructing and doing all the things they don't they need to do to make sure that there is a satisfying ending. It doesn't have to be a final ending to be a satisfying ending. It doesn't have to be every last chapter of the story. It's better to have something that feels whole. And then the gift that we're all getting from as a result of this decision and the fact that Diana Gabaldon is just like the terminator of writing books about, about these two people is... She'll be back. Totally. Is that we get to um, know that there's always the possibility of more. Like there's always... Can you imagine if, if right now somehow there had been like another 20 years of pride and prejudice stories and we could have a little check-in with jennifer ely and colin firth and the darcy's are in their 60s like how fucking cool would that be if i was to see 20 years of pride and prejudice at different times of the year like pride and prejudice christmas special Pride and Prejudice Easter extravaganza. Like, no, okay. I don't even mean that. I mean, like, imagine that Jane Austen, instead of just writing Pride and Prejudice, had written Pride and Prejudice, and then also, like, the Darcy's at 50. Mm-hmm. And we just got Pride and Prejudice, the miniseries, and then, like, 20, 30 years later, we got the Darcy's at 50 with the same people. How fucking cool would that be? That would have been fun. Right? That's what we have the opportunity with here. Because there will always be more story, and they'll be able to just say, like, this story arc. Let's make a miniseries. Let's make a TV movie. Let's make a feature film. Let's do whatever. And do, like, a one-hour special. Who the fuck cares? And we can revisit these characters In, like, a focused plot. They could also, fuck, they could do, like, (laughs) 
like Jungian <laughs> web series. You know what I mean? Like they've got so much material. If they wanted to find a way to keep this shit going, they absolutely could without having Forcing to lean it. so heavily on these two actors and two characters. And we then always still have the possibility of more. Maybe there will never be more. And that will also be fine because they have a chance to make this ending whole. It's not going to be abrupt. It's not going to be a surprise. It's not going to be dragged out indefinitely. It's two more seasons and it's going to be... It's a very good decision. Um, so, the exact details are the eighth season is ten episodes following an extended 16 episode season seven so, so we need to tell kevin and neil's stat that next season is 16 episodes or do we just keep that to ourselves and let them discover that naturally i i mean i think if they listen to the podcast they would know girl you know they don't i know well that seems like a them problem <laughs> All right, we're letting him find out natural style. I will say that Kevin did bring up the book to me the other night that he's reading. He is just purely disgusted. I know, he's not enjoying it. No, not at but all. But you know what? That's a little bit of question of taste. There's some good shit in that book. Faith is in that book. You're not going to have feelings about Faith? You're not going to have feelings about Monsieur Raymond? He doesn't, I don't think, maybe Kevin isn't thinking about the pictures in his mind of all the, like, sumptuous gowns and everything because that's I'm into that shit because I'm imagining all that and maybe that's not the thing for Kevin you know yeah but but the intrigue who doesn't like intrigue mm-hmm. whatever he is entitled to his wrong opinion so <laughs> uh, I want to read this quote um, from Catherine Busby who's the president of original programming for stars for nearly a decade Outlander has won the hearts of audiences worldwide and we're pleased that's true and we're pleased to bring Claire and Jamie's epic love story to a proper conclusion but before we t- close this chapter there's plenty of their passionate story to tell over the course of 26 new episodes and even more to explore this dynamic world and its origin story we're thrilled to continue to partner with Matthew Marilyn Ronald and can't wait to see where their alluring storyline takes us next uh Where's Tony? Tony was not mentioned. She well, I mean, I don't think she's an executive producer, so that makes sense. But like, I do. I just more love for Tony, please. Um, so then they're talking a little bit about the Blood of My Blood prequel. Diana Gabaldon is also a consulting producer on that. Um, here is a quote about Blood of My Blood from my friend and yours, Matthew B. Roberts. Outlander, Blood of My Blood, is, at its heart, a love story. It will explore what lengths a person will go to to find love in a time when love is considered a luxury and when marriages are made strategically, often for political or financial gain. The title is a nod to Jamie Fraser's marriage vow to Claire, and there will be several names and faces that Outlander fans will know and recognize. Claire and Jamie's TV story may be coming to an end with season eight, but Diana is continuing on with their literary journey and her wonderful book series and is now working diligently on book 10 with Jamie and Claire. And now Brian and Brian and Alan, there is still so much more to come in the outlander universe. And we cannot wait to continue sharing these stories with our dedicated fans. So they had to go marriage Mart. Well, I mean, it is really like it's real, but it is marriage Mart. Like they're jumping on that little. Oh yeah. They're we could do that too. Um, mm-hmm. Only now with more tusk bracelets. <laughs> um, and more accents and more Scotland porn. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. 
just generally very optimistic about all of this. I think it'll be fun. I I can't wait to see Baby Pamplemousse. I just cannot wait. I'm still hoping for Masterpiece Theater style introductions. In a smoking jacket from grown Pamplemousse. (laughs) Oh my god. Every time you remind me of that, I'm like, yeah. Like when Laura Linney is like, welcome to Masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Okay. Have you seen any clips from the traders? No. Okay. Julie, this is not what this podcast is about, so we're not going to dwell. I just need you to know, we've talked about this on the uh, lunch breaks, so if you are a Patreon member and you have watched the traders, come to the next lunch break that you're around. I'm sure I will still be talking about the traders. The traders is a peacock reality TV show. It is a reality TV show, however. <laughs> um, there are now two all-time greats in the pantheon of understanding the assignment as a reality host. One, RuPaul Charles. Two, Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming hosts The Traitors, which is essentially a group of people. Half of them are reality TV stars. Half of them are normies. And they're all in a Scottish castle playing mafia. It's a fucking hoot. Truly, it's a, it's, Scotty and I have, we are really on board. Because it is exactly as dumb as you want it to be. Like, it is just stupid. You barely have to pay attention. The last Um, time you recommended something to me with this vociferosity, if that's a word, is RRR. So I'm a little more inclined to listen to you because RRR was so fucking good. uh, First of all, I rarely steer you wrong. Second of all. That's true. This is not RRR level. But you really put on the mustard when you're like, watch this. There's a little bit of extra mustard. It's, this is, I've taken an edible and I don't want to use my brain at all. What should I put on? You put on the traitors because Alan Cumming is going to walk around in his Scottish castle, quote, misquoting Shakespeare, things like this. The faithful go off to sleep, to sleep, perchance to die. <laughs> in like looks, serving looks, being incredibly extra. When somebody gets banished or murdered, mafia style, right? He takes their portrait off the wall and just kind of chucks it. Like, they all, all of the traitors have to go to the traitor turret to meet and decide who they're going to murder, and they have to wear hooded cloaks. Oh my god, I just don't. I it's don't, so, it's just really I stupid. I don't know. It's very, mm. it, it is, I'm not saying it's good, I'm saying I <laughs> enjoyed the hell out of it, and Alan Cumming is legitimately an all-time reality TV host. So you he want Alan Cumming to introduce episodes of Blood of My Blood? Well, no, because Alan Cumming introduced Masterpiece Mystery. That is where my ADHD brain got us here. Because Alan Mm -hmm. Cumming, tonight on Masterpiece Mystery. Love Mm -hmm. him. Anyway, um, so that's it. Season 8. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Outlander's final season. 26 more episodes of this bullshit. And we've got interstitial episodes and dude landers and costumes and shit. So I'm going to say somewhere between 30 and 40 episodes less left of this initial iteration, of course, but then we'll follow them on blood for my blood of my blood. Of course, of course we will. And anything else they do. And we'll talk about the books and, um, and we are not going anywhere because you have other podcasts you should watch. Uh, well, (laughs) Julie, I'm tired. Other podcasts you should listen to. (laughs) 
Um, and you're about to hear about them, right? Now. What a good podcast. It, you know what? We need new material. I would be surprised, past me would be surprised to say, no, you're 100% right. It was an excellent podcast. It was. It was good. Um, we are here to say thank you for listening to whichever of the Podlander Presents podcasts you just listened to in the month of, or at least that was released in the month of January 2023. Oh, thank you for listening. If you, you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell your friends, uh, please guilt them. Um, convince <laughs> them to hard. yeah like convince them to watch or listen to whatever you watch or listen to and then bring them in to hang out you can find more about the other shows that aren't the one you just listened to at podlanderpresents.com podlandercast.com i think it's podlandercast.com try them both who fucking knows you can find us at facebook.com slash podlandercast on twitter at podlandercast and at sick burn jane and at um all kinds of other things uh just throw us in their Googles. You're going to find it all. At They Just Want a Pod. You can <coughs> find us on Instagram and Twitter at They Just Want a Pod for Eyebrow uh, Waggle. Just Want to Save Crimes, the newest addition to the Podlander Presents um, quilt of entertainment. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast where you can support the show uh, at any number of levels, join our weekly lunch breaks. Julie and I on usually Wednesdays have been going through every um, lip sync in RuPaul's Drag Race history in order. That's called Winner Winner Chicken Necklace. These are all perks that are available to patrons. Uh, and we thank you for your support at any level. If you're supporting the show, we literally could not afford to do this without you. So thank you. It's a highlight of our week every week and we really appreciate you um however we especially want to thank the following generous folks um who pledge at a level where this is one of the perks they get uh here we go and i just want to say we are getting increasingly more names where it's obvious that somebody just wants me to say something funny and Hilarious. i love it so here I do we go too. it makes me laugh brenda <laughs> Allison King, Doc JWS, I saw Goody Proctor with the devil, Sydney Taylor, Maddie Perkins, Snazzy Knack, Lisa Brienne, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Tina Barnett, Nicole Rodriguez, Kristen Freckle Fury, Ham on the Loose, Liz and Tinkerbell, Terry Welch, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smith, Jerry Hertel, Emily Carlson, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Kelly Mazella, Chantal Salters, Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, aka Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Bukowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Kiki, nope, Karen Marlowe, Trish McCurry, <laughs> when am I not going to do that? Uh, Trish McCurry, Julie DeToy, Jen Lynn, Kelly Bond, Amanda Newton, and Kiki, the, the wise. wise. Uh, the show is uh, produced by me, Allison Shoemaker, and Julie, Julie Starbird, edited by Julie Starbird. Uh, our artwork is by the Pickles, a.k.a. Laura. I was trying to think of the other things that I realized we should be crediting every time. Um, eventually, there will be more of them, but you know what? I made a start. Yeah, you did. That's good. We yes. turned over a new fucking leaf, Julie. Welcome to 2023, bitches. Yes. Uh, lots more funny shit ahead. Reach out. Say hi. We love you. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.